This is a podcast by The Straits Times. Welcome to Double Feature, a movie podcast by The Straits Times. I'm your host, Jonathan Roberts, and I'm joined by Joanne So from the new paper. Hello. Hello. Before we get into a main review, which is going to be Aladdin, we have a bit of movie news. There's quite a bit of Star Wars rummaging going about. Apparently, there's a movie based on Knights of the Old Republic, a video game. Uh, there's a petitions now, because everyone needs a petition now, because <laughs> yes. you know nobody's satisfied with anything. Apparently, now they want a sequel to Solo, a Star Wars story. They're small, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, go watch it in the cinema. Then maybe they'd be more inclined no, to the watch on, it. No, the sequel on TV or for on a big screen. I don't know. It's just people doing another sequel. Okay. But the biggest stuff is that there's a big spread of wonderful photos by Annie Leibovitz in Vanity Fair with a big preview of Rise of Skywalker. I don't know. It seems grammatically incorrect. Still, Rise of Skywalker. But it's strange that it's kind of the big first publicity blast is in Vanity Fair. Yeah. Which is, I know they do a lot of Hollywood issues, especially yeah. around Oscars, and they can, they've got they the Leibovitz the actors poll. and actresses, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, it's so strange that they do it in Vanity Fair rather than uh, like a film magazine like Empire or... What's the usual one? They usually do it on with Entertainment Weekly. Yes, Entertainment Weekly. So I don't know if it's a move to try and circumvent the trolls or the usual <laughs> fan base because clearly fan bases are all toxic nowadays so you know why would you want to pander to them well maybe they want to get more female fans then again it could also be that thing of saying this is what we're doing everybody don't <laughs> lose your minds when you see it to the big review aladdin <laughs> disney's latest live action version of a beloved popular animation yeah, this is just <laughs> a, a review in a single sigh. What can I say? Well, uh, I mean, Blue Will Smith. That's if you can get past that. Yeah, you might enjoy I don't this. Think Blue Will Smith is that bad. I mean, I've not seen it. Joanne has seen it, so <laughs> I you, you're going to either convince me either way. Should I see it? Should I not see it? it we all know the story, though. Yeah, it's, it will do well no matter what I say yeah, in the box office. No, so. it's, it's getting kind of mixed-ish reviews at the moment. Yeah. I, I'm seeing some younger reviewers online who seem to quite like it. Yeah, they seem to be all for it. This is probably one of those polarizing ones. So you either like it or you don't like it. But if you take it as a whole, as how, if you just accept that it's going to be one cheesy film, that you might you might enjoy it. But so much of this just doesn't make sense to me. I mean, the story is, you know, the old thing of, you know, there's a street urchin called Aladdin who's kind of heart and he gets persuaded to go find a magic lamp for this evil Jafar. Is yes, it Jafar? Jafar. And then he finds the lamp and in the lamp there's a genie who grants his three, three wishes. The three wishes and in order to win the heart of the princess, be a prince or all that kind of stuff. Well, it's typical power struggle. The Jafar wants the the lamb because he wants to be the almighty guy so he wants a genie to grant him three wishes and he's not satisfied being the king's right hand guy he wants to be the sultan he wants to take over the whole entire kingdom yeah. that's why but you see Jafar is supposed to be this evil evil guy who turns to be out to be a wizard right. but this the guy who's playing it is just so meek and meek? yeah there's, there's no I don't know he's, it's so it's played by Marwan Kanzari Who's a Dutch actor, I believe. Yeah, I think it's a new, new, well, new to us to this side of the world. New, so. new to Hollywood, anyway. Yeah. Meek in terms of like, there's no, 
you know, you don't feel how wicked he is. You don't feel... He's just like, you know, just saying all his lines. He's just very, very one-sided. He's pretending to be evil or, you know, I'm this big, huge... I'm this bad guy. But he's just... He doesn't come across There's that no way. threat there. There's no threat. He's just okay. very mild. And he just does his, like, you know, evil eyes thingy. Well, okay, so apart from a, a villain who's not so villainous, it's also a bit strange because the whole film is... One, is Guy Ritchie. How Guy Ritchie has suddenly got a Disney gig, I do not know. And why they chose him for this lavish spectacle or of, of a musical <laughs> is beyond me. I, yeah. I mean, you would not say, oh, Guy Ritchie, he's you know, your man. I didn't even realise it was Guy Ritchie until when I saw the cr- credits at the end. I was like, oh, it's directed by so Guy Ritchie. So there's no Guy Ritchieisms in it. There's well, no like af- fourth wall breaking. After realising that it's directed by him, then it's like, okay, maybe the opening scene in this um, in the market scene where there's Aladdin. We are first introduced Aladdin, and he's running away from um, people, right. and you know he's d- doing some stunts here and there and running around. It feels very um, Assassin's Creed. Those oh, rooftop right. So things. he's got a bit of parkour in it. Yes. So he does this. Um, this uh, the the first number. So he's like the street urchin, the street rat they call him, and then mm. trying to be, you know, this, he's a good guy after all. So well, he's, he's played by Mena Masood. Yeah, it's some who's Egyptian a Canadian. very new. Well, again, new to Hollywood. Yep. Uh, how is he? Bland. Well, he's pretty to look at, but that's about it. Oh, okay. So well, okay. So who are, the, who are the personalities in this? Day? If if both the villain and the hero <laughs> are bland, well, there's Will Smith. He brings that sure. energy. He's actually not too bad if he's not blue. If he's playing the not because he he comes he's what's the what's the problem with the blue thing? No, I think he's just oversized. I think the CGI doesn't work for him. So it's like it's it's just huge. He's this massive torso and right and it's just blue. Okay. And I guess he tries. That's. There's Is this one where part, they followed the the animation a yes, bit too closely? Yes, that's right. Yes, and there's the um, the song um, "You Cannot Have a Friend Like Me." There's this big number where the genius yeah. introduced. It just seems so strange because you're so used. Well, I was I'm used to the Robin Williams one, the original, the 1992 mm. Aladdin. That was perfect. But this, I think they tried to recreate scene for scene in a, in in a way okay, as much as I can remember. So it comes out a bit wrong. Or it doesn't sit right with it, the whole CGI part. But I must say the dancing moves are pretty sleek. I mean, we'll we'll get to the Will Smith-Robin Williams comparison in a moment. But speaking of dancing, one thing I noticed from the trailer that, I don't know, it irked me because it seemed very lazy thinking, was that it seemed very Bollywood. And, and because it's Guy Ritchie as well, yeah, it's just like, oh, it's Arabia. That's close enough to India, right? Yeah, yeah so Bollywood. That's, Let's that's, just do Bollywood. That's the really confusing part because... It was talking about Arabia, and, and suddenly you have this big number. It's just really Bollywood, and apparently it's Will Smith's idea because he's so in love with Bollywood, so he okay. wanted a big Bollywood number, and so that's it. It's really strange, but I guess you know maybe it's quite similar culture to Hollywood. I don't know Arabian Nights and Bollywood. Um, I don't know. It just seems like a bit stretched to me. Like yeah, it's of, it's just, well it, lazy. It is that that. Scene is just so out of place because it's huge, big. Not, you can see it in an animation, but to see it. Is there a lot of the Bollywood thing? A few musical numbers, but it's just, I think they're trying to re- recreate that the animation. It just didn't really work quite well. So it's just feel very choppy. If it by scene itself may by work, but if you see it as a 
film entirety. It's just, you know, one piece here, one piece here, one piece here. So is there any saving graces to this at all? We haven't got to Jasmine yet, played by Naomi Scott. She's the best. She is really the best. The best or good? Well, she's actually great in the show because if you're talking about like the whole new world that they're going to recreate, she is the whole new world, this whole new thing that you try. Because in the original movie was more f- based on Aladdin, right? He used the, the main He's guy. He's the hero. Yeah. But this Jasmine, it's she should be the hero. She should, I mean, change the whole title from Aladdin. I don't know. But I guess a princess Jasmine doesn't come, quite, doesn't sound quite no. right. Yeah. So, so basically, she is this princess who decides that why can't she be the sultan? Why can't she be the queen or the, the ruler? Why must it be a guy? Girl power. Yes. So it's whole girl power thing. And she carries the movie. She's so charismatic and she's so charming and I guess and when she has this big regal scene where she walks down in her garbs and you know she really looks the part okay and of course being Disney and being the whole female empowerment thing she has a brand new song written for her it's it's gonna be like you know those girl power champion anthem it's called it's called Speechless it's a very moving number it's a good song is it it's a good song it's a brand new song so there is hope for this thing yes if yeah, just her part. But I also well, I do notice that it's a half an hour longer than the original. Yeah, it is a bit too long. And it's over two hours. <laughs> it's a bit too long that uh, for my liking. So. Well, I remember when you came from the came back from the screening. <laughs> it seemed <laughs> your reaction is that it was a very long time for <laughs> such a movie. Yeah, I think it added some stuff to it, like giving Will Smith's um, genie a bit more play, like more character. It's like, right. you know, he actually had a subplot of a side romance and all. Because so that's what we always wanted from the story. <laughs> no, wow. but you see, that's the problem I have with this film. If they want to do characterization, they should just give everybody better characterization. It's just like bits here and there, and then, oh, let's move on. I need to move on because I need to do the next music number. But do you think these these Disney things are hampered by trying to stick too closely to just a live-action version of the animation. Well, Rob, I mean, Robin Williams is the best thing in Aladdin. It was great. The voicing was great. And this one to see Will Smith trying to do his own spin, but somehow it just doesn't come across quite He, he, right. he doesn't copy what No, Robin I don't Williams think he, he, he doing, you know, right? he, giving his... Giving him credit, he didn't. He doesn't it's his copy own it. Version it is. Of it. It's very Fresh Prince, if you remember him in Fresh of Prince. Yeah. Fresh Prince was one of the funniest comedies ever. Yeah, so I think he tries to inject a bit of Fresh Prince elements into, but there's also this Will Smith thing that he does. So and then together with the CGI, it's it's I don't know. Maybe the formula is not quite right. Do you think this is going to revive Will Smith's fortunes at the cinema? I won't be surprised if this one becomes box office number one this week in the US. So that in that way, it it should revive Will Smith. Right. But I think it will create more jobs for Naomi Scott because she's really a, a, a gem in this whole entire show. And she's going to uh, be in Charlie's Angels, the new Charlie's Angels, oh. with Christian Stewart. Would you recommend Aladdin? Is it you know fun for all the family? Or? Yeah, I, I think so. I think so. I think it'd be fun for the the younger ones because I mean those especially those who have not seen. The I'm just going off your initial reaction. And, uh, your <laughs> initial reaction is not <laughs> yes, fun for all the family. Mm, not for us, younger <laughs> ones maybe. <laughs> <laughs> okay. No, if you like if you like cheesy cheesy stuff, it's it's very high school musical feel to it. So um, 
yeah, there's a lot of bits and pieces that can be improved, such as the people's acting. <laughs> Minus, if you take away um, Naomi and Will Smith, the rest kind of suck. <laughs> so, <laughs> so would you go say it again? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Disney, but no. <laughs> That was Aladdin. If you don't fancy seeing Aladdin and have the Bollywood Will Smith experience, you could also go see John Wick, I suppose. Avengers is still out there. I think Brightburn might still be around if you really want to kind of horror superhero thing. Uh, But there's also Extremely Wicked, Shockingly Evil and Vile, which is a true life story of Ted Bundy, who was a charming serial killer. Uh, the big thing about this particular film is that it stars Zac Efron. How yes. is he in this? He's brilliant in this. He's really, really good in this. He's, he plays up to his natural essence really well. I was not well. expecting that reply. <laughs> I, I think it's because he's done so much uh, schlock. Yeah. There's so much rubbish. He showed a brief bit of promise back in the day. He he was going a bit... Indie? A bit indie. Yeah. He did the Awesome Wells film and... Yeah, I think he's been he gone tried. quiet for a while and I think he went back to this big, um, you know, the hunky the thingy with that, yeah, and yeah. what's that one? Neighbours. And Dirty Baywatch. Grandpa and yeah. Baywatch, yeah. So, but this one is different because, you know, like, you know, Zac Efron is too pretty for his own good. So, <laughs> I think that's kind of yeah, sad Yeah, one sympathises. <laughs> so, but because playing Ted Bundy, I think it suits him well because he's this charmer, mm. you know, where, you know, it's like, if you know the story, like, he's, nobody can believe that he's the serial killer. Yeah. One of the most notorious serial killer. And when they have this um the live screening of the his trial and all yes, female fans just Yeah. Yeah. So you can imagine the Efron in like say a concert or something and of fans are going around. That's that's what he is. So I, I think this one is good because it really plays up to his natural assets, his good looks and his charm and he carries it well. And I think he knows it. So that's why he just runs with it. So I th- that's that's why I thought it was this film was actually pretty engaging. I mean, the story can be bit better, the editing can be better, but it's just this is definitely Zac Efron's moment. So he carries it. Yeah, he carries it really well. Wow. Okay. I mean, it's it's a, it's a it is a dark story. Yeah. And I mean, this is mostly a courtroom drama. Um, jo- John Malkovich is the judge. Yeah, but that's only to the back because um okay. the front is, it shows. Be- this is based on the memoir of the girlfriend, Liz um, right. Kendall. Who had no so, idea that yes, he was no doing idea. this stuff. So it's her point of view. Of, right. So he, he's never been pictured as this serial killer or never... He's, we don't see any of his killings and things. Only towards the end when it was revealed as evidence and, you know, when he's showing pictures right. and stuff. So you don't really actually see him killing. But, you know, but he brings to uh, the revelation of how he could actually be a killer. It was history's eyes. There's this chilling sense that he actually comes out, bring us across. So because from the beginning to the end, he's always maintaining his innocence. And you can, if you don't know the facts, and if you don't know, it's like, I mean, if you're one of the fans or people sitting in the crowd, You'd buy it. I'll buy it. Because he defends himself and he's so suave and so colourful and everything else. And he has, he has this good repartee with the, the judge played by um, John, John Malkovich. Malkovich yeah. So it's, it's really entertaining. I imagine why they made it alive trial at that time because it's great entertainment it's on Netflix in the US but it's cinema release here yeah cinema release here yeah so if you want something a bit more chilling for the weekend (laughs) and you don't want the singing and dancing extremely wicked shockingly evil and vile yes and if nothing else you can stare at Zac Efron (laughs) 
and that is where we will leave it. If you're listening on iTunes, Google Podcast, or Spotify, do like, rate, and review us. Joanne, thank you for joining me, and thank you to you, the listeners, for listening. And until another double feature, goodbye. Bye. That was an SPH podcast. Find us on iTunes, Google Podcasts, and streaming on Google Home. Do send your feedback to podcast at sph.com.sg. You can also check out more podcasts on various topics at straightstimes.com and bt.sg.